Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to Start, Scale, Succeed. Today, I'm with Aggie Moroni, a social media ads specialist who works with econ businesses to grow their customer base and increase their revenue through ads. And today, some of the things that we're going to be talking about are how to create ads that work. Before you start spending lots of money on ads, what are the necessary things you need to have in place to give them the best opportunity of success? So thanks very much for joining me today, Aggie. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Now, we've been meaning to do this for ages and we kept talking about it and I was like, right, okay, uh, I've got the opportunity now. So before we go into creating ads that work, can you give us a little bit of a background about you? Sure. So my whole career, I've always worked in sales and marketing um, from working at Channel 4 when I was like just out of uni and then taking a break and I ended up in the finance industry, which was not what I intended at all, but it's just one of those things that I fell into. Um, And I was in sales in the investment industry for a long time. And then I discovered my love for digital marketing when Mm -hmm. I was working in that career. And then when I was on maternity leave, I was made redundant as happens to so many um and I just thought (laughs) yeah I just thought well this is actually my chance Mm -hmm. to do what I really want to do so I retrained and I got my postgrad diploma in digital marketing and it's when I did that I discovered my love for social media ads great so I've, I've literally just honed in on that and I've specialized And I've niched so much now. I I just work with e-commerce brands Mm -hmm. to do their social media advertising. And I absolutely love it. Just the results that you can get for businesses and how much you can see them grow. And for those people that don't follow Aggie on Instagram, I would definitely recommend that you do. Um, Aggie is founder of White Bee Digital. And that's how I'll put the link in the show notes, but has always got really good tips. And I look forward to It's one of the newsletters. I'm like, I know I'll get something out of this. You know, there's so many <laughs> newsletters. You just go delete, delete, delete. But yours, I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. I can get something from that. But so we're going to talk today about a couple of things. But one of those to start off is how to create ads that work. So what are your, your top tips for that, Aggie? There are two sides to this. So first of all, you need to make sure that you have absolutely everything in place first before you even think about spending a penny. And then, and I'll go into what those things are now. But also once you have everything in place, there are five things you need to have in place to give your best um, ads, um, to give your ads the best chance of success. So it's kind of like the formula to put your ads mm-hmm. together, if yeah, that makes sense. Right. Um, so before you get started, um, I'd say there's like the techie side, which a lot of people get freaked out about, and it's kind of a stumbling block for a lot of businesses because they automatically think, Oh, I don't understand what that means. And it's really intimidating. And, you know, Facebook business manager is a minefield and it really is (laughs) even for people like me that do this day in, day out, 
when I have my coaching calls with businesses to help them untangle their business manager, I will find things I've not seen before because that's how much it changes. Yeah. So my first piece of advice is do not be put off. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. And it's just one of those things that you have to break through to do ads. So when it comes to the techie side, you need to have your Facebook pixel installed on your website. Now, if you have um, your e-commerce store with Shopify, it's pretty straightforward. It's an integration. There are still glitches that happen, but it's pretty straightforward. You just add the sales channel and click the buttons. It kind of takes you through the process. If you have WooCommerce, you can use the the um, event manager and it can take you through the steps there as well to add the pixel or just speak to a developer it's not actually that expensive for, to get someone to help you to do that mm-hmm. um, also since the lovely iOS 14 update happened which for those of you that don't know what that is Apple rolled out a policy update or privacy policy update last year which gives users of their of their apps the opportunity to opt out of having their data tracked so you know lots of people have opted out of having their data tracked and in response to this facebook introduced a few more technical uh, requirements to help you track your ads as much as possible mm-hmm. so you know I, I do actually have like a checklist a set up checklist so I will share the link to that. So it's my, it's my freebie. Mm -hmm. So it has a list of all the things that you need to do to make sure you're ready for ads. So there'll be the steps. All the tech tech side of thing or some of the tech side of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically for e-commerce brands. Okay. If you want to advertise, your website has to be a high converting machine. So if again, if you use Shopify and on WooCommerce, I think you can see this as well, your conversion rate ideally should be over 2%. If it's over 1%, it's fine. But um, anything under 1%, you really shouldn't be advertising because a big misconception about Facebook ads is that they um, generate the sale for you. Mm-hmm. The result of the ad is they will hopefully get a sale for you. But the role of the ad is to stop people scrolling enough so they're interested to visit your website. And then your website is actually where people decide if they want to buy from you or not. So it helps increase the awareness, doesn't it? It gets so it might not get the conversion yet, but it helps to get mm -hmm. the awareness. But like you said, if, if people aren't coming to your site in the first place or or they're coming to your site and then not buying, there's things that Mm -hmm. are integrally wrong with potentially the site, the product, or mm-hmm. that customer journey anyway. And like you said, you probably need to, you need to sort those out yet before you start spending money on ads. Yeah, I mean, just to give you an example, the reason why the conversion rate is so important is even if you manage to make tweaks, tweaks to your website to increase the conversion rate from one to 2%, and I'll give a few examples of what you can look at, that means that for the same ad spend, you're going to actually double the amount of people that buy from you. So you're going to get more from that budget. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things or a few things that you can do to increase your conversion rates, make sure that people can buy really quickly from you. So it makes sure that you've got different payment options, whether it's shop pay or PayPal or different card options. 
um, show that you've got all your payment security gateways um, enforced so that people feel secure buying from you. Mm-hmm. Reviews, make sure you've got lots of reviews on your website, genuine ones. <laughs> that's another caveat. People are very, very astute now. They want to see a brand that's honest. Yeah. Um, and also be really clear on your delivery policy. So if it's free delivery or what the payment is going to be and so on. And I would suggest on your returns as well, because a lot of people, you know, they might be buying two sizes if they're not sure, you know, if they're new to your brand or they're not sure what fits. Mm -hmm. But if your returns policy is hidden in a, in a corner in the camp, find it, or you have, you know, you don't have a good returns policy, then that's something that you would probably need to look at as well. Absolutely. And also imagery, the imagery on your website is so, so important. I would say if you can afford to invest in a product photographer, that will do so much for the success of your websites because it's all the trust factors that people look at. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's something that you need to be aware of before you start advertising. Also having organic demand is so important. So are people buying it without buying your thing or your products before you start advertising? Because then you know that there is a demand, like people actually want your products. Mm -hmm. You just need to show it to more people because one thing that a lot of people underestimate when they run Facebook ads or Instagram ads, actually any type of social media ad is they can't magically make people want your thing. So they can only raise the awareness of something that people already want. They just didn't know that it existed. Yeah. That's a really important thing to remember. Um, Also, I mean, we kind of touched on this as well in your questions about your brand. So there will be, you know, maybe you're a business that curates lots of people's items. So they're not necessarily your products, but you bring them all together to make a unique offering. Or you do have your unique products. What makes you you? That's so important because people are going to go onto your About Us page or My Story or something like that. And they're going to start building that emotional connection with your business. They'll go onto your social media profiles. So, you know, making sure those are up to date. You're engaging with your audience. You're kind of building that brand trust. These are Mm -hmm. all things that people overlook as well. And it's not necessarily how many followers you have. It's how engaged those followers are. So are you frequently asking people questions in stories? Are you letting them know what's happening behind the scenes? You know, as a small business, that will stand you apart from the bigger brands that don't really have a personality as such, you know, that personal side. Um, Yeah, and I think so many more people now want to know who is the face behind the brand. And if you're a small business and you can share that, you know, definitely use it. And like you say, get people involved, ask questions. Do they prefer this color or that color? Do they Mm. want, you know... Um, all those kind of things because they're they're then the customer is involved in the decision making then Mm -hmm. also with all the privacy changes that have happened Facebook and Instagram are using the behavior of your engaged social media followers or people that interact with your accounts as a way to as a more important way to target your ads Mm -hmm. so the more you get people liking sharing commenting on any of your content on social media the more data you're feeding into Facebook and Instagram to increase the success of your ads so that's why it's really important to make sure that you have a strategy for your organic social media as well 
And so if we say the the a brand has their their tech sorted, their website sorted, mm-hmm. their conversions over one, you know, hopefully at 2.5 or it's, you know, and so creating a good ad, what should they have? What's the kind of checklist for that? Mm-hmm. So it's five things that they need to have in place. So believe it or not, actually building the ad is the easy part mm-hmm. in sort of on the platform, even though that's the thing that people freak out about. <laughs> yeah. So people underestimate how much work goes on before you get to that stage. So when you're thinking about running your first campaign, you need to be thinking about what is my messaging? So what's my hook? Why Why will people care? It's the kind of the so what question. Yeah. It's like, this is a great product. So what? You know, what yeah. is it about the thing that you're promoting that people should care about? And it usually ties back to how it's going to benefit them or what life events it's for in their life or who they're buying for are they buying for themselves why are they buying so and it might be that you target different types of people for the same products but you'll have different ads for them so you need to be really specific about who you're targeting and why you're targeting them mm-hmm. so that's number one what's your messaging and your hook number two is your ad creative So whether this is an image, a video, a GIF, you know, what is it that you're going to be showing? And lots of people overlook this, which is crazy because Facebook and Instagram are such visual platforms. And also the simpler, the better, usually, because you need to think that when people are scrolling, they're scrolling 300 feet a day. So, you know, they're watching TV, they're cooking dinner, the dog's barking. And there's always something going on as well as them scrolling on social media. So it needs to be, you know, it needs to disrupt what they're looking at. Yeah. And you need to... Would you say video is the... Or moving image, because I know there's that stop motion kind of thing now as well, which is quite good, is, is better than a static image from a results point of view? No. So this is a big misconception. Mm -hmm. You need to test everything. So there will be phases where videos outperform. But for for e-commerce brands, things that work really well as a static image will usually be an image that a customer has taken. So it's what we call user-generated content. So we usually see because not only is it social proof, because there's evidence that someone else has bought it and enjoyed it so much that they've taken a photo of it and shared on on social media. Um, But also, you know, sometimes aspirational shots. So you might have a photo shoot of your product in situ, like in use, that might be enough to get people stopping. So for example, if you sell something to do with homeware, if you have a photo of your product in like a living room or a kitchen or something like that that can really get people stopping because they're nosy they want to see you know whose house that is or why that looks so nice um for product-based businesses as well something that I've had success with is stop motion videos they can work really well because they're quite fun and they're engaging and it kind of brings an inanimate object to life yeah. So that, that can be quite good. And you can get people to do those for you. I mean, you could probably try to be yourself, but you can get people to do those for you um, 
quite easily but if you so if you google stop motion videos or you search the hashtag I'm sure on Instagram you'll see what we mean come up and it, like you say is static images moving and they can be quite fun it can be I, I saw one and it was they were doing it and the t-shirt became like the shape of a bicep and it was advertising yeah. fitness and there might have been a barbell involved in there so you know like a little dumbbell involved in there or something like that so it is it's quite quirky Mm -hmm. so my clients hire someone to make them for them mm -hmm. um but there are apps as well that you can use to try and have a go yourself um a video option that can work really well um for product-based businesses is like an unboxing video yeah. these were really popular during lockdown because founders didn't have anyone to do videos for them so they just set up their tripod and record their hands unboxing their products yeah. and these can work really well and they you don't they're not just because it was locked down they just work really well because people can imagine what it's going to be like to receive that product in the post so it's really I, good if you're gifting as well I think like you said that you know they they're not perfect images they're not photo shoots that and, and I think it's it's really key for people to understand it does obviously it needs to be of a good quality from an image point of view and not mm -hmm. grainy or fuzzy or whatever it might be but the actual it doesn't need to be shot by David Bailey or Rankin or whoever it might be mm -hmm. it can be you unboxing or you know and like you say that the user generated content is key as well so that's really important I think mm -hmm. another good idea as well or something to test is if you are setting something up for the photo shoot, record yourself doing that and then um, speed it up so people can see what happens behind the scenes. That can also be a really good ad yeah. video. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think the main thing to remember is do not fall in love with your ads. So just because you love something that you've created does not mean it's going to perform well. So it's really important to have lots of different types of things to test. So you might have a static image, you might try stop motion, you might have a behind the scenes, you might have a carousel of different products in your range. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the key as well, variety and to always keep testing. So that's number two. So you've got your message, yeah. your creative, mm -hmm. and number three is your objective. So obviously everyone's like, oh, well, I just want to make more money. Like I want to make sales. So you have to make sure that when you set up your campaigns in Ads Manager, you are setting them up for sales. Now, this sounds really obvious, okay? But there's so much conflicting advice about what objectives to use. I personally always use um, the sales objective. Yeah. Um, and there's also something called a catalogue objective as well. That basically means that Facebook will take products from your catalogue imagery and show them in your ads dynamically. These are usually used for retargeting campaigns. So if someone has visited a certain product page on your website, or maybe they added to cart and abandoned cart, then Facebook will take the images from those products they viewed or added to cart and keep showing them ads with those products to keep reminding yeah. them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are various objectives on Facebook for the ads, but those are the two that I would recommend you do or you use. They are the most expensive objectives because Facebook finds people with a history of buying from ads. However, quality is better than quantity in that case. And that's why I always select those objectives. Mm -hmm. And so they would have those Facebook retargeted ones would probably have quite a high conversion then generally 
Well, it depends. And this is why it's really important to test. So depending on the size of your business, you should either have a two tier or a three tier uh, funnel for your ads. Um, so, you know, just very quickly, a funnel is kind of from people that don't know your brand to getting to know your brand to buying from you. If you're a really small brand that's just starting out with your ads, you just need a cold campaign, which is people that don't know you. So you're introducing your brand to new people. And then your second campaign will be your retargeting. And yeah. this will be everyone that's engaged on social media with you, visited your website. Maybe they viewed some of your videos, all that kind of thing. If you have quite a lot of data and you're an established brand, you'd also have kind of this hot retargeting campaign, which would target those abandoned carts and view content visitors as well. The reason why this doesn't always work for smaller brands is due to data loss now in Facebook. Facebook can't always tell who's been on your website. Right. So you might just have too little traffic for Facebook to retarget and it will just become really expensive and you won't have any sales come through in that yeah. campaign. So what I usually recommend is people test having that hot retargeting. If they don't get any sales in a couple of weeks, just switch it off because it's not working for your business. Yeah. But also don't be upset if that's the case because it's, it's common now. So it's just one of those things. And like you say, you just learn. You learn it's not mm. working and then you change. You do something different. Yeah. And I think that's really important to remember as well. You can't just plug and play, as people mm -hmm. say. You know, you can't just run an ad and leave it forever because the ads don't work forever. And things happen all the time. You know, Facebook might suddenly switch them off or reject your ads, which has happened to me recently, which is really frustrating. So you need to know what to be able to do. So that's why you need to be quite um, proactive when you're running your ads to make sure you're always aware of how much you're spending, what ads are doing well and make sure there's no restrictions on your accounts. And can I ask you, and this is going to go a bit off topic, but um, I've worked with underwear lingerie brands and they're mm -hmm. constantly having ads rejected because of some kind of censorship mm -hmm. um, within Facebook. Is there anything that those types of brands can do? Because a lot of the time yeah. it's their imagery that's rejected and it might just be an image and it's, they're not, um, and um, they weren't a client of mine, but um, to the brand Panty, who um, mm -hmm. I've had on the podcast, their sustainable underwear brand, and they started basically putting their pants on watermelons and disco balls <laughs> because, and I mean, that is scroll stopping, I suppose, you know, because everything else was getting um, rejected once it was on a human form, uh, you know, human, uh, a female mm -hmm. form, it was being rejected. So this is really interesting because. I seem to have made my name a name for myself in the lingerie sector because everyone comes to me because I managed to get mads running. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is true that um, I work for one brand or sort of has a coaching capacity that specialise more in like leather lingerie. It's more like the kink sector. Yeah. And the way that we get around that is it's all cut out. So we don't actually show any of the products on a model. Right. Um, because... And most of their catalogue is actually rejected. So they don't have much in their Facebook shop. However, we can retarget with a lot of their products. So yes. That's, it's a bit of a weird world when it comes to lingerie. Um, same to swimwear as well. Bikinis mm. seem to trigger things as well on Facebook. Um, also kind of some of the slides in their carousels are more like playful 
quotes and things like that just to um, enforce what the brand's about. Yeah. Um, so that can kind of pique interest. Also, in that case, your ad copy is really important because then you can really explain what your brand is about. Yeah. Um, what people can expect from you. Um, so you'd recommend doing, for anyone that's like lingerie, swimwear, uh, to do cutouts because that will get past a lot easier than on body. In, in my experience, that's yeah. the case. Okay. Thank you. Um, Sorry yeah. for going off topic there. but <laughs> No, no. And also just on that as well, it's really important to always request a review and just say it's a fashion item, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously they say it's always nudity or adult content and it's not, it's fashion. Yeah. And also just to remember that when you get human review, it's all, you know, there are people from all different backgrounds that work at Facebook. So what's acceptable, acceptable for us might not, have the same you know impacts in another country so lingerie is viewed differently in different countries it sometimes mm-hmm. just doesn't get through either so that's just something to be aware of as well okay thank you so i've so, probably thrown you off track there sorry <laughs> no no not at all so we've done three so we've yeah. done the message or hook the yeah. creative and the objective mm-hmm. number four which is something that is totally overlooked and it's really important is what is your offer now this is also confused by a lot of people as well because i think offer equals discount this isn't the case you don't need to be discounting all the time on facebook to be running ads but you know you need to be thinking you know what am i actually selling which that is your offer you know what am i selling but also what makes it different so mm-hmm. You know, maybe you offer free gift wrapping. Maybe you offer an extra item at checkout or maybe you do free delivery um, or, you know, other add-ons or do you do bundles or, you know, what is it that is going to entice people to buy from you? Um, and also a tactic a lot of um, ads managers do is when you're targeting your cold audience, you won't necessarily offer a discount or that incentive straight away it's once that person's come across you before that's when you might offer them the free delivery or you know the extra add-on you know yeah. the gift in their basket or something like that you just need it's that extra nudge if they've already seen it three times what's that thing that's mm-hmm. going to take them over the line to actually purchase exactly and and one and it's also important to remember it doesn't have to be an item that's really expensive that you give for free it's the perception of the mm-hmm. item so you know there might be something that you have so much stock of and it's really difficult for you to sell you know it's like dead stock mm-hmm. you can offer that as your free gift in your you know because it might not actually have that much it might be more valuable for you to clear that back stock than it is to get monetary value because maybe it's costing you a lot of the fulfillment centers keep it there yeah so you might okay let's just clear it you know i'll offer i don't know an extra one of these for every order over 50 pounds mm-hmm. things like that um and also it's really important to try and get your av- average order value to over 50 pounds to make it worth it to advertise on facebook so because you need to think of your margin. So if you're, you know, if you sell a product that's £10, your margin on that might be £4, maybe, maybe 5 I mean, I don't know. It depends on, you know, business to business what that might be. 
when you're first acquiring a, um, a new client or customer on Facebook, you need you won't know until you start advertising how much it's going to cost you to acquire that customer. Um, so the more margin you have, the more wiggle room you have, because obviously you want to still make a profit when you're running the ads. Also now, since iOS 14, ad costs have increased. Now, this isn't just how much it costs you to show your ads to a certain number of people, but also it's taking longer for Facebook to learn who to show your ad to. So it can take a bit longer for you to start seeing results. So this all needs to be factored in to your ad budget and you know how much you can afford to spend and also why so much stress is now being placed on how are you retaining that customer, how are you incentivizing them to talk about you and to bring new people into your world. So the lifetime value of customers is probably the most important thing now when you're running Facebook ads. It should only be the beginning of your journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how are you nurturing them? Are you like, you know, giving them loyalty bonuses or, you know, are you giving them rewards for referring people or are you giving rewards for them to give you a review? You know, all these things that will help build your brand through word of mouth. That's really important now as well. Yeah. So that all goes down to your offer and it's kind of tied in as well, which is my fifth um, kind of component to a successful ad and that's your budget. So the barrier to entry is higher now when it comes to Facebook ads. So in the past, especially when I was first starting out, people could get really strong sales for maybe £10 a day. Mm -hmm. 20 pounds a day. I'd say it's a lot harder to do that now. Um, unless you have a, a completely unique idea that is literally flying off the shelves organically, it's going to be really hard for you to generate that kind of you know interest and those results straight away with Facebook ads. So it's really important to have the right mindset when you go into advertising that they're not a magic tap. It's not that you switch the ads on and suddenly you have lots of sales coming in the door. It might take a few weeks of testing to know what your audience like, what messaging's working, which um, imagery or videos work, what offers working. So maybe the free delivery ends up generating more sales than the free gift at checkout. So, you know, these different things you can test to see what works best for you. So would you say that on average, like £25, £30 a day? I would say £30 a day. Yeah. And so when people are paying that, though, they can have lots of different. So I know that you said create different ads for the one for the same objective for the or for the product, whichever it might be, you know, and mm-hmm. Facebook then proportions that £30 to it might they might be like, right, we'll drive. Is this right? £10 out on video, £10 to this ad that's got the static motion, £10. And then they'll see what works. Or can you dictate that when you create your ad? So there's two kind of facets to that. So I'd say £30 a day if you want a two-tier funnel so if you're having your cold audience and then you're retargeting Mm -hmm. so from that 30 pounds 80 percent of that should go to your cold audience 
and then 20% of that should be allocated to your warm audience because theoretically your warm audience will convert more because they, they already are aware of you and you're just building yeah. up that trust. So you don't, and the audience is smaller because when mm-hmm. you're targeting your cold audience, you're targeting millions of people. Everyone in your audience, yeah. Exactly. And your warm audience will be a few thousand probably that you're going to keep retargeting. Um, so yeah, you've got your 80% to your cold audience. In that cold audience, you should have two audiences running. So that these are your ad sets on Facebook. My recommendation is to allocate your whole 80% at campaign level. So then you're giving Facebook the option of finding people within your audiences who are the best customers. So you're basically yeah. handing over power to Facebook and it's AI to find the best people for you. Um, the way you test well is if you run the two, same two ads to each audience, because then you know which audience is responding best to those ads. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can start making changes after they've been running for about a week. You'll know what you can do more of and what you can start switching off. And would you say leave it for a week or leave it for two weeks? What would you recommend? Um, one week minimum yeah Um, I manage ads for businesses that have quite a range of budgets and even on the bigger budgets Mm -hmm. it takes at least a week for the ads to warm up yeah so it's really hard because you know every day you can see your budget ticking away and it can be quite tempting to get the trigger finger and to start you know playing around with your ads but the, every time you make a change, you it set them back again. to zero. Yeah, so yeah. you're actually going to be spending more money than if you just sit on your hands for seven days. Yeah, and you let it learn what it needs to learn. And exactly. I, I know we talked, and thank you for that, in terms of those those five, um, five focuses that you need to have. Mm. Um, what would you say... Obviously, there's been, we've from a social media point of view, you've got Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok. And I know that we, we're not going to go into, you can't cover everything in yeah. all the time. But um, what, what have you seen is, has the best return on spend from, is it, is it Instagram and Facebook? Because I'm putting them together. Is it Pinterest or is it TikTok? Or does it depend on the type of business? Um, it's more about thinking about how people use each platform Mm -hmm. so facebook and instagram are good because people are on it all the time and it's got the most advanced ai it's been around the longest so it will probably optimize the quickest for you yeah Um, and just what i've seen from the accounts that i've seen the cost to show to a thousand people is actually cheaper uh, than it is on tiktok for example the cost to show your ads people on Pinterest is the cheapest I've seen. Right. Um, however, the caveat to this is people are not on Pinterest every day mm-hmm. and it's not a social media platform. It's a search engine. So you need to be thinking about, okay, people on Pinterest may be on there once or twice a week, maybe. And or they specific when- focus when they go on it as well. Exactly. You know, like you so say, it's search engine kind of thing. Exactly. So, you know, just to use complete stereotypes and this isn't the only reason why people are on Pinterest but you know maybe they're looking for a recipe for dinner or maybe they're going to be a bridesmaid or maybe they're looking to renovate their kitchen you know there's all these things that people use Pinterest for so you would do a lot of analysis on what 
um, kind of complementary interests your audience would have. And then you would target people based on a, quite a broad range of interests for your products. And if you're not active on Pinterest already, you need to budget one month of ad spend. And I'd say that's £20 a day. So £600 minimum for the first month to pay Pinterest for data on your account. So they will show your ad to millions of people in a month and figure yeah. out who's interacting with your content. So your imagery and things like that. Then after that month, you can then start targeting your ads for sales. So that's an, that's a cost that people don't always factor in. And, you know, after a month, they're like, why haven't I made any sales? It's like, because this is how Pinterest works. You can't, it's not as instant as say Facebook can be. Mm-hmm. Also on Pinterest, you need amazing imagery. You know, the UGC stuff doesn't work as well. You need to have really polished imagery, really good quality because people are there to be inspired. It's aspirational. You know, they're they're planning. You know, it's something that they're going to daydream about. That's the kind of imagery you need on Pinterest. Yeah, it's their dream life or their dream vision or whatever it might be. Yeah, Exactly. They're there to be inspired. Mm -hmm. Um. I've heard varying things from other Pinterest managers. For me, I've kind of only worked with, I'd say, the higher end luxury products on Pinterest, and they've always worked amazingly well. And I think it's because they're aspirational products, which is what people are looking for on Pinterest. Um, On TikTok, it's a whole different ballgame on there. (laughs) Um, Native content content works so I wouldn't worry too much about what it looks like the more TikTok text overlay voiceovers no filters anything that looks pretty raw to be honest the thing that matters the most on TikTok is your story your content is so important so in the first three seconds I'd probably say even less you really need to hook people in so are you calling out a problem you're you know your product solves are you you know are you going to lead with like a review like this is amazing or the three reasons I bought this or you know 50,000 people have bought my product this is why or 50,000 people love this because I mean if you're a small business it might be like in the last week you know 50 people bought this or something like that um but the influencer world is booming when it comes to TikTok ads because TikTok recently enabled something called Spark Ads. So if an influencer or a customer of yours did a review of your products or maybe it's a demo, demo video, so these are really good for skincare brands, you know, people showing how to use the products, you can then reach out to that influencer or customer and ask if you can use their video in your ad. Then they share a code with you, which you input into your ads manager, and then you can use it as an ad. Now, this is really, yeah, it's really powerful because it's like a, it's social proof, you know, Mm -hmm. someone that is not paid by you. I mean, you can probably pay them or do an agreement or something with them behind the scenes, but they have created it without that in place. So it's a really genuine piece of content, which works really well. Um, But yeah, I'd say your story is really important because obviously TikTok is all about entertaining, education um, and inspiration as well. So that's that's something that you have to bear in mind. Um, also, TikTok is more expensive than Facebook, which people don't really realise. Um, and that is because it's a really young algorithm um, on the ad platform. So it just takes a while for people 
for TikTok to find the people for your ads. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you very much for all of that information. And um, how can people work with you if they want to get in touch? So you can visit my website, which is whitesbeeddigital.com. I'm also very active on Instagram, as you mentioned before, and mm-hmm. um, I'm at whitebeedigital. Um, there's going to be a link to my freebie, which is the checklist to get started on Facebook ads um, in the show notes, I think. Yeah. Um, but and I'll I'm... link your Instagram and your website as well. And you do lots of different, you, people can work with you by the hour. They can work with you as that you do the ads or you do coaching as well, don't you? Exactly. So if you have a specific issue with your ads, you can just book in for an hour and I'll troubleshoot them for you. Lots of smaller businesses that are just getting started with ads, they'll book in for like a three hours. So we'll get you set up and get your ads running. Mm-hmm. And then you can book in in half an hour slots, just do check-ins with me. And that's kind of reassuring to know you've got an ads manager in your pocket, really. So mm-hmm. if things are going not as you hoped, you don't panic, because you know you can just book in with me. And then obviously I, I'm, I, I take on, you know, full service ads management as well for clients, um, e-commerce brands, bonds for social media ads as well. Great. Well, thanks very much, Aggie, for joining me. And I hope you've enjoyed and learnt lots today on the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast. And we'd love if you could leave a review and subscribe. And I will see you again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.